0: Hey heroes, James here, just letting you know that in the mid-roll of this week's episode, you'll find information about our casting process for Oromar Vale. If you'd like to audition, be sure to stick around.
1: From worlds beyond, to right at the gaming table, these are all my fancy Sky Jacks! Hey, Aaron. Hey, heroes. I like oh, it. Snap. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm excited I, about it. I, I love I'm it. I do that much.
0: privately in my room every time <laughs> I listen to you guys. Uh so, <laughs> you know that we just get to do that uh uh live here. Hey everyone listening. This is a very special thing. You are about to receive a beautiful, bounteous gift. We are teaming up the Campaign Skyjacks podcast, uh, the feed that you are currently listening to, with the incredible minds behind the All My Fantasy Children podcast to develop the world of Sphere, to give all of you out there listening a little bit of extra juicy lore, and uh, just show off how cool these two people are. Jeff and Aaron, you know, normally when guests come on your show, we get to talk about all of the cool things that they do. But now, now it's time to talk about all the cool things that you
1: two do. Holy shit. Can I curse? (laughs) Yes, yes, you can curse. (laughs) You're allowed to curse. And thus we have created a real podcast in that we've asked on Mike if we can curse. I did. I was like, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) And don't worry, we'll edit that out. Tracy, do not edit that out. Do not edit that out.
2: (laughs) Fuck. Well, you know, I'll start. Hi, I'm Eric Tanisayas. I am the co-host of All My Fantasy Children, I'm a voice actor as well. I live in Brooklyn, and yeah, I like the character creation and world building part of tabletop games, and I think it's the most fun part, and I love to do
0: it, and that's why we do it every week on the show. And the other thing that I'll say of Aaron's accolades is you might <laughs> oh recognize my God. his voice <laughs> from the Skyjacks Courier's Call sp- all ages spinoff series. If, if you listen to Campaign yeah. Skyjacks, you haven't checked that out yet, you're going to listen to Aaron today and you're going to go, why haven't I done that yet? That's, that's, I think, the goal. Yeah, like,
2: Skyjax Carrier's Call is just really fun. You should be listening to it, especially if you love the world and you love, like, the energy of it, but you want something for all ages. You know, and just for anybody young and young at heart, give it a listen because I'm on it and it's super
0: good. <laughs> and Aaron's not allowed to cuss on that one.
2: No. <laughs>
1: Which is, I guess in retrospect, that question Yo. makes a lot of sense. Yo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but Jeff, I did. I did step on your toes a little bit. Uh, please tell us
1: uh, about all the wonderful things that you do. Right. I am Jeff Stormer. I am a co-host on All My Fantasy Children, which is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by listener prompts. I'm also a game designer. I host Party of One, which is an actual play focused on two-player role-playing games. Uh, I also do a bunch of other things. I make games. I am the unofficial official LARP designer of the Olive Garden restaurant. I do a lot of odd things. I'm I'm an eggnog podcaster. I do a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. I'm busy. It's a big shot.
0: Who, who among us isn't a nogcaster, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love these two very much and and heartily recommend all the projects they do. One thing that I will say that you should check out, if you're into superhero comics at all, you got to check out Anyone Can Wear the Mask. That is Jeff Stormer's story game, sort of encompassing a lot of his love of the superhero genre. I got to play it with him on one shot, and I had uh, just a wonderful time. I'm also a big superhero comics fan, so it was... it was a game that was designed after a very dear part of my heart, and I appreciate that very much, and I think all of you will as well.
1: It's a game that I love a whole lot.
0: <laughs> as you should, and according to the recent, most recent All My Fantasy Children, that's not out of your, your
1: bones yet. You got more superhero games clanking around in there. I do. I've got one coming. It is, it is the polar opposite of Anyone Can Wear the Mask. It is a, because uh, I wrote, Anyone Can Wear the Mask is very much like a Superman game. It is about a hero that is always going to save the day. Uh, and this one that I'm working on is uh, what I'm describing as like a Batman as like a 70s Batman game. And that it is about someone who will make it to the end in conflict. And then what happens there? Who is to say it is uh, it's called <laughs> Dominoes, And one of the core mechanics is that there's like a doomsday clock that you fill in with dice. Every time you roll the dice, you add a dice to the clock. And like, as you go, like it, the, once you get to the finale, like you stop rolling dice, you kind of roll everything on the, di- on the table all at once. And then you kind of pick out the results to tell what happens and it might go really badly for you. And I, I, I'm very excited about it.
0: I love that concept and I love the mind behind that concept. Which brings us to why we're all here. These are two precious friends that I decided to offer as a reward to all of you for the World Builders fundraiser that we did ages and ages ago. Uh, And we're finally getting around to, to fulfilling that by bringing these two in and unleashing not just their creativity, but the power of their friendship into the world of Sphere to create something new and beautiful for us all to enjoy and maybe see uh, on, on Campaign Skyjacks at some point. But with that, just like all of my fantasy children normally does, we got some prompts. Does anyone want to read read us the prompt for this world-building session?
2: I would be delighted to because we take a listener prompt we spin it into an original fantasy concept and we're about to do that in the great goddamn world of Sphere. So... The prompt this week. Oh, this doesn't have a name. What's the name? Oh, God. Who's the tweet from?
0: Uh, b- 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 oh, boy. Um, <laughs> uh, I-, I think they did say it at fucked. some point. This one comes to us from Yasmin or Yasmin. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. There it is. Don't, yeah. I, I, I am it. not great at All good. I'm his like. Canonically, I am bad at pronouncing names, especially on the first try. So I threw in both there. And you know what? They could both be wrong. And uh, for that, I apologize deeply for my failings. (laughs) For my numerous bad qualities. (laughs) The
2: prompt this week comes to us from Yasmin on Twitter selkies selkie, selkies specifically something about the popular myth of stealing the coat of a selkie also if you can name someone after me because my birthday was the other week and their actual name is yasmin <laughs> okay it's a great prompt okay. i'm excited i'm, super, about it. I'm here I'm for it i'm super pumped i live for mythological creatures being real and myths and reimagining them that is like something that i am like bouncing in my chair to talk about reimagining this selkie thing and James, can you tell me what a Selkie is?
0: Yes. Uh, So I would say like on on the scale of like fiction to mythology, like there is a spectrum of fiction and mythology and in between those points on that spectrum, we find the world of folk tales, uh, which are not quite like these big swinging myths. They're stories that people told that are a little fantastic, that are a little bit more day to day and grounded. They're not a big about big heroic figures. They're uh, usually about threats or monsters or things that you might be able to interact with in your day to day life as a person. In this case, living on the Irish countryside or or along the sea line for Ireland, this is a, a often like treated as like a type of fay creature or fairy. But like I tend to think of the selkie as kind of its own thing and not really directly related to the fae. What it is. It is a, uh, a sea lion that has on, like, that, that like swims around like a sea lion. That's it. But it can climb ashore and remove its skin and become a beautiful woman. That is like the the base of the myth. There are things that branch off in different directions. You know, you mentioned like dancing on the shore earlier in like reading a Wikipedia entry Mm -hmm. or something. The other big thing, like the story that gets told and retold a lot, including in, you know, big screen movies like The Secret of Roan Inish. Shout out to that movie that my mom took us to after Faith, my younger sister, lost a tooth for the first time. That's That's the movie that you see when you lose (laughs) a tooth for the first time. So everybody write that one down in this movie and in this uh, folktale person will fall in love with the beautiful woman who is the Selkie and take the sea lion skin and hide it from her and marry her. And for a while, like it can vary. Mm. Sometimes it's like, oh, you know, it works out for a while and they're pretty happy, but uh, and and sometimes it's like always kind of a, a mess and bad, but it always kind of reaches the point where the Selkie's like, well, I have enjoyed our life together. I you know we've we've had a child, we've had a family, we've lived for many years, but I'm a sea lion and not a person, so I need to go back to the sea and. If they are able to find their skin, they will put their skin back on, become a sea lion again, and go back off to the sea and out of your life. And you know, th- like there, there could be a lot of cultural roots for a folk tale like this. But you know that that is the basic thing. So I have some
1: big pitches immediately. If I'm being honest, hey okay, man,
2: we're gonna do. I feel like a we're gonna do like a pitch pile. And combine them all into a delicious stew. Yeah. I
1: feel like because all I know, all three of us are very energized today. <laughs> got, a of, got a lot. Got a lot. Got. I got a lot of. I got a lot of energy today that I want to put mm-hmm. into something. Let's, Let's get do it. it. So, the first thing that jumps into my head, thinking about skyjacks, thinking about selkies, hearing the legend of the selkie, I immediately am like the idea of like the sea lion that walks onto land and removes its coat. I wonder if there is something there. That can bring that into the sky, and I wonder if it is specifically to like sky jacks. If it if if the sel if the the selkie removing its coat is specifically something that like it it does it's not just like for villages. It is very specifically for like skyjack ships. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. So, are you implying someone who like leaves a crew? I'm thinking. I, I don't know if they lead a crew. I I think oh they, I said leave, uh, oh, with leave a leave a crew
2: like they shed their coat like to to imply like leaving a leaving a ship.
0: You you get you get to port and be like, where did Josiah go? And people were like, I don't know, probably be back in
1: time for leaving. I kind of love that. That's kind of where my head is at. Of like to what you just said, James. If the idea is that it's tied to like a voyage or a job or a a, a mission. Or like a quest or like one thing where there is a person that is on your crew that, you know, you have this one adventure with and then you get to you get to dock and they and you just watch a sea lion flick like flit away Mm -hmm. and you just and like you just never see them again. But like for that one crew, that one adventure, they were the crew member that you needed on your crew. That is very interesting to me. I like this a
0: lot. Because it feels like an actual folk tale that would be a part of the Skyjacks universe, like a story that people tell to express what must be a really common thing, especially for people you know working in in sky shipping and Skyjacks, that you form these tight emotional bonds with people whom your life depends on, and they can just leave your life at any moment because at the end of the day, a skyjack is a job like any other job. And sometimes you get better offers or you know, sometimes you just don't know what happened to that person who you were really close to and was really important to you.
2: And something that I think is really beautiful about all this is tying it into the myth of the Selkie where you said like, this woman might be like, okay, this was great. Like you, we have a family, but I am a sea lion. I feel from that myth, like that very sad feeling uh, that's oftentimes a trope in like Tales About Immortals mm-hmm. where it's like, you'll never fit into that world no matter how hard you try. And I feel like there might be something there with once a Selkie in this sense, like someone who leaves a ship, is there something always pulling them back? Is there a longing? Is there a disconnect? Is it something, is there anything there? Because that's I get that like a Selkie can, you're not, Going to be a person. You are a selkie. Is that is that is so a selkie? You're always a selkie, even when you're in human form, or do you become a human?
0: You are physiologically a human, like you know, you got all the the normal human parts, but you can always put on this coat, this skin, and then you can be physically a sea lion again. That is really cool. the, in most of the stories, 99% of the stories, that is the only magical thing about them. But, you know, like, one thing to remember about Selkies is they do do this thing. They do go on shore. They dance around as in, in human bodies. And, like, in a lot of the stories, like, some of them live as humans for a while and the person who marries the Selkie doesn't find out that they're a Selkie until, like, they discover in a chest or something tucked away the, the sea lion's skin. And, you know, they, they you know, go, hey, w- what's this to their partner who's the Selkie? And, like, that night the partner has to, like, throw on the skin and disappear into the sea. There's an element of tragedy to this, but like in some of the stories, like the Selkie wants to interact as a human as much as they want to interact yeah. as a sea lion. And we definitely have something I
2: think really saucy about leaving a life behind that catches up with you, perhaps. Like that that feeling of you can never escape being perhaps a skyjack or, you know, being on some kind of corsair vessel or something like your past catches up with you no matter what. Like that makes mm-hmm. you you are marked as a selkie
1: in that case. I want to throw something out mm-hmm. as like a visual, and, and maybe and maybe this is just more of like the lore of it. Maybe maybe we lean into the idea that 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 a selkie is like a term given to a person, or maybe it's both. Maybe that maybe this is also a literal thing, and like as as a literal thing, it has become a term on its own. But like I get this idea. There's something to Aaron. The question you asked of like why the selkie in the Skyjax world, would leave. Right? I have a thought for this. And the idea that I've got, going back to Skyjacks, going back to the themes of the sky, right? What I floated to was like a trade win. And mm. if this is literally, if we're, if we're going full on the sky stuff and we're making this into a sea lion that flies through the air, because that's, that's very good Wait. to me. It doesn't I need like to be that. a sea lion.
0: I'm not married to this staying a sea lion uh, for several <laughs> no. reasons. But, Go on. (laughs) I just liked it. I
2: was so not expecting that, Jeff. I'm thinking (laughs) about like this tragic tale of someone like, I gotta leave my Corsair life behind. And you're like, so there's a sea lion, and I'm now I'm now I'm on board, but I am also I have my finger hovering over the eject button. (laughs) Okay.
1: I'm picturing either a the actual creature that we're describing here. Like mm-hmm. wh- like whether like whether it's a whether it's a lore story or it's a literal thing that inspires a story. This being a literal creature that is in the air that takes human form, but is like pulled on the wind. Right. Like like mm. they just it's 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 almost a natural migratory pattern. It just is always going to move in the direction oh. of the, of the trade wind to the west. And like it might hop on a ship for a while. You know, it, maybe, it, maybe it wants to rest. Maybe it just does. Maybe it's tired of flying, right? But like, it is always going to fly in the direction of the wind. If you're going in that direction, it might hop on for a while. Maybe it stays with you for a very long while if you're taking like a long trip and it's there with you for months or years or whatever. But eventually you are going to turn off. You're going to turn to the north and it's going to look to the west and go, well, this is where, this is me. Like this, yeah. I'm, this is as far as I'm going.
0: When you said migratory creature, migratory creature really called out to me in some way. Like, Mm -hmm. I just love the idea that it's like, you know, maybe this creature does love their life aboard this ship uh, and and does love you, like, as a crew member, as, you know, a, a significant other, like, whatever kind of relationship you form with them, but... You know, at the end of the day, they're migratory creatures. When it's time for them to move on, mm-hmm. they don't they don't really have a choice. It's instinct. They gotta move on. That's that's very cool. It
2: is in its nature. That is very sexy to me. It gives me like keep I like that we're bouncing back between this like fanciful element and like a uh, a crew kind of mm-hmm. thing as mm-hmm. well. Because I like this idea of it reminds me of on a ship, someone who's not who's just a hired hand for like a gig, not mm-hmm. like a lifetime on a vessel. So it reminds me of someone who's, like you said, like this is me, someone who is, is it, uh, is it both? Okay, is the term Selkie for someone who's kind of like a short hired hand or someone who might change allegiance at any time? And it, perhaps it's like a brand like that you're given is like you're called a Selkie because you're flighty. Is that inspired by an actual thing that can sometimes appear on your ship.
0: I, I think in true all my fantasy children fashion, it's both. It's 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 one, it's the other, it's <laughs> <and> both. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I don't know if we should keep the word selkie. Like one thing in Skyjacks that has to exist because it's been so firmly established is griffins mean extremely large bird. And it's because we said griffin in the first episode and didn't think like the half lion, half bird creature that is a griffin really fit the universe. But we still wanted to keep the word because we did say it. I don't want to confuse people when I bring them into the universe. So when yeah. I say yeah, yeah, yeah. and it means a different thing. So I want to navigate away from that. But I do like the idea of there being an actual supernatural kind of being that exhibits this kind of behavior. But also Skyjacks have like kind of internalized that. And maybe to a lot of people, pretty much the majority of people, is just a folktale and it's a folktale to explain Mm -hmm. this very common phenomenon about, you know, people having to move on from your life and you, you kind of got to let them go, even though it's sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I adore that, especially because like, it feels really nice in the idea that like to a, a Corsair crew or a shipping crew or like, you know, a Skyjack crew, like the likelihood of encountering this, this supernatural creature that floats on the trade winds, travels with you for a while and then vanishes is actually probably is not necessarily I don't think everyone is running into them, right? It is a supernatural larger than life thing. But like, you know, I, it, it reminds me a lot of the idea. There's something very beautiful about the idea of like this being a folklore that is very widely known, right? Like Mm-hmm-hmm. a Skyjax, uh, Skyjax crew comes onto to port. They tell the story and it becomes this term for like the person that that is going to leave your life, the person that is here for a little while. But then you get a group of Skyjacks together, right? Like the thing that is beautiful to me is like you get this group from like different boats, different boats, different crews. You get these people together and suddenly they start telling a very different kind of story, right? Yeah. Like it suddenly it shifts from being like, well, that person was the that person was the person that wafted through my life to. Yeah, we went on it like we had like we had one on our crew like we met them and like you get that that kind of like that sort of hushed experience is kind of beautiful and cool to me of like of like we have gathered together and now we're going to tell like our we're going to tell the story that like it's that beautiful sense of like here's the story and here's the truth of the story that I'm a big fan of. It reminds me a lot of how, like, when people talk about sirens, mm-hmm. it usually I think about,
2: like, that's my ass. I'm not on a ship. I'm that's a me, uh, that's a landlubber talking about a siren. I feel like that myth would be different to people on a boat mm-hmm. and people in it. It's like industry things. Like, yeah. it would evolve into like an industry insider tale to be something so much different to someone yeah. who literally flies in the fucking air to have this thing that you know it catches your trade wind maybe it drafts behind your ship and like mm. will appear in a form and start doing work like that's mm-hmm. fucking wild that's very would cool. Be, it's cool and it would mean something so much different to someone on the land hearing that that it's like oh then clearly that's about people who come and go in our lives and just are part there for fragments of it and just you know maybe and even like a derogatory term for someone who's just like catching your draft and riding on your laurels and like you know leeching off your projects, that could also be something that, like, there's... I see so
0: many different variations of this. I I think people on land in the world of Sphere would would kind of look at this term and apply it to skyjacks for the most part. Because, Mm. you know, these are people Mm. who drop in out of the sky and, you know, maybe you form some kind of a relationship with them and then they're gone the next day because they're a skyjack. Like, I was in town to unload the ship and once Mm -hmm. that was done... I'm gone. Go. That's it. So, yeah, I love the idea yeah. that this term kind of evolves based on your experience and perspective in life. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I feel at this point we, we need to investigate the creature and define the creature a little bit more. And I am, I'm letting you both know, removing the weighted training clothing that I have been wearing, the restraints okay. that <laughs> I have had. Okay. And I'm All about right. to unleash my full power because the Selkie myth has a connection to a folktale that is already pretty core to the world of Sphere. And that is the myth of the crane wife. If you have not heard of the myth of the crane wife, uh, essentially an old man, like an older gentleman sees an injured crane and like rescues it, usually pulling an arrow from from the creature's wing and then bandaging up. The bird flies off and the next day, a beautiful woman arrives on his doorstep saying, I would like to be your wife. They get married, they have a beautiful life together, but they're very poor. Eventually, this woman says, I'm gonna weave us stuff and we can sell what I weave. And that'll bring income and we'll we'll be able to survive this harsh winter or whatever. She weaves really fantastic things and they end up needing more and more and, and get better lives. But she's looking less and less healthy. And one of the conditions that she laid on her husband is you can never observe me when I'm weaving. One day he finally looks because he's worried about her health. And lo and behold, a crane that is plucked of many of its feathers is sitting in front of the loom and has to fly out the window. And his wife was the bird that he saved the whole time. And he betrayed the one promise that he made to her that he wouldn't look at her weaving. And, you know, that's that. This type like that, that's so very close to a lot of Selkie stories. We've got similar Mm -hmm, themes mm -hmm. in that pot there. I was like, okay, if we're going to come up with a term that is similar to Selkie, but different, you know, which directions are we Mm -hmm. looking? And I came across the Irish Gaelic word, and I'm going to mess this up a little bit. I think it is Cailin. It is C-A-I-L-I with a little accent mark, N. So it might be uh uh, k-line or something like that somebody will be able to correct me on that but the word literally means girl bird and girlfriend all at once Mm. i kind of feel like there's something for us yeah it feels like it's made for really
2: something saucy there Mm -hmm. and and i think like oh god like what, what makes me very happy is the the Crane Wife folktale feeds into Skyjacks with the feather weave. Like, I feel like this was really meant to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm very excited about
1: this. Um, so you like the word Kalen.
0: Yes, assuming that's how it's pronounced.
1: <laughs> so I, I was gonna I was gonna throw something out. I had a, I had a name in mind that I wanted to throw out. If if we can give this thing two names. Okay. Let's hear mm. it, Jeff. Let's hear yeah. your pitch. Then we'll just we'll put it in a pen with Kalen,
2: and we'll see if Kalen we'll see who knocks out who first.
1: Well, because like <laughs> I'm thinking, I was thinking about this like part of, partially. Like I kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna Jeff I'm gonna preemptively Jeff stormer it and say like I'd like it to be both mm-hmm. because like I was thinking about a lot of monsters and a lot of like mythological creatures and folklore things tend to have multiple names, right? Like mm-hmm. they tend to have. I'm t- I can't in my head. I can't think of a good example right now. But like, like a it's like a Smegle Gollum situation, right? Like Smeg mm-hmm. Smegle is like the name. Gollum is what he's referred to around, right? Like yeah. we see a lot of that in folklore and stories. I would like to throw out the name Guster. Guster.
2: Okay. Like Ooh, someone
1: someone yeah. who is
2: on a gust of wind. Who blows into town, blows off the, blows onto the boat, blows out.
0: I I like this a lot, and I lo- looked up the pronunciation. I think it's either Kayleen or Kyleen, either way. Guster, I I think Kyleen and Guster, like there's gotta be something about, because there's this dichotomy of perspective in skyjacks who move around in the sky and people on the ground who deal with skyjacks, both understanding this folktale and understanding it from different perspectives. I kind of think Mm -hmm. that like one word is more popular than the other in, in certain places. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Before we get to our exciting announcements, first we've got a advertisement, and this one comes to us from Prim, a 2D adventure game about Death's Daughter. Explore the realm of the dead in our creepy cute game inspired by LucasArts, Tim Burton, Terry Pratchett, and Greek mythology. Strange things are happening in the realm of the dead. Instead of reaping souls, Thanatos, the angel of death, has to deal with his teenage daughter Prim. Every night Prim has the same dream. An oddly familiar human boy cries out for help. Needless to say, our heroine tries to answer the call. There's just one problem. The Grim Reaper has strictly forbidden her from entering the land of the living. She's not ready for the immense power she'd develop there. At least he claims. Unfortunately, when Prim finds a way to trick her father and travel to Earth, it might turn out that Thanatos was right after all. At its core, Prim is a story of a father learning to let go and a girl finding out who she really is. But it's also a thrilling adventure, full of magic and darkness. On her journey, Prim repeatedly has to switch between the realm of the dead and the land of the living, where she faces demons, both real and ones within herself, while always being accompanied by her sidekick an eye with spider legs. The game features hand-drawn HD artwork and traditional frame-by-frame animation with a simple one-click interface and around six to eight hours of gameplay. On top of that, there's an atmospheric orchestral soundtrack, control of multiple characters, an in-game hint system, hotspots, fast travel, and mini-games, including a deck-building card game. And you can pick it all up DRM-free or with a Steam key. The bottom line is, if you spent hours of your life playing Monkey Island, you will like this game. The Kickstarter has already funded, but there is still one final stretch goal to hit. So if you're interested, be sure to search Kickstarter for Prim follow the link in our show notes and download and play the demo over at bit.ly slash three lowercase k uppercase k uppercase p u s lowercase s as a special note this advertisement was sent to us by eric who mentioned that his wife maria pendolino voices prim in the game and he wanted us to know that he loves her more every day even after a full 365 days in isolation together. Well, that's a sweet story, and it sounds like an extremely cool game. So be sure to search Kickstarter for Prim, and check out that demo. Everything will be linked in our show notes. Heroes, you've already noticed by now that we're taking a break from the main story this week, and we're going to be continuing that break through the next two weeks. This is all in the name of giving our dear editor Casey Tony a break. So in the meantime, these All My Fantasy Skyjacks episodes were edited by Tracy Barnett. Thanks, Tracy. A huge thank you to Jeff Stormer and Aaron catano Saez for stepping in and doing a team up between Skyjacks and AMFC. I know I say it in the episode, but please check them out. I love their show, and I think if you're enjoying this, you're really going to enjoy that show too. But of course, our team up is not the only exciting news this week because March 17th marks the opening of our audition process for Captain Oromar Vale. If you've been keeping up with the adventures of the Uhuru, you know that Captain Vale is about to make the transition from NPC to PC, and we're looking to team up with a performer to step into that role. This would be an ongoing and paid position where a performer would join the main cast of Campaign Skyjacks. If you're interested, you can find all of the specific information you need to submit your audition to bit.ly slash orimaraudition. That's bit.ly slash O-R-I-M-A-R audition. All you need are a headshot, an acting resume. Be sure to include any improv or actual play experience, along with general notes about your role-playing experience. An acting or voiceover reel. That can either be video or audio, but please no commercial reels, just character reels, or a recorded monologue of your choosing. And you don't need to have fancy equipment to do any of this. So if you don't have a professional reel, or a professional headshot, or a podcasting mic, don't sweat it, please apply anyway. On the breakdown sheet, you'll find a little bit more information about what we're looking for and what we're providing, and a character breakdown to give you an indication of what we're looking for in our next Orimar. You should consider the images embedded in the document to be canon images of the character, and we wholly encourage you to let that influence the voice you pick. There are going to be a few rounds to this audition process, so if you don't hear back immediately, please do not sweat it. It's going to be pretty involved. We'll be accepting applications March 17th through April 10th. So start putting together those reels and resumes. You can submit all applications or questions to auditions at oneshotpodcast.com. Okay, that was a long advertisement and a lot of information about the casting process. So a huge thank you to our patrons, but it's time that we get back in the sky.
1: gotta I, I immediately like i hear that and i i am exactly in the same place and i think i think what i'd like to propose is like a is like a true name situation where it's like it's like the the guster is the name that like it's the commonly accepted name but like if you have ex- if you have interacted with a kyleen right like if you have mm-hmm. if you have met one if you have if you have traveled with one you tend to, like that. That name tends to carry a certain degree of reverence. Like that's the reverent name for it, right? Like that's the name. That's yeah. the respectful name oh, for what is yeah. commonly referred to as a guster. Mm. So oh. it's like it's like it's like if you're in a bar, you're all telling stories about like oh that person they were a guster they were that they they came mm-hmm. and they went and like you know you they they, they drifted through your life like a guster and then like a group of skyjacks might be telling guster stories and one of them might be like but have you all ever met a kyleen like have you all ever like been on a journey with one and then mm-hmm. somebody else leans forward and is like is like a kyleen saved my life on a journey yes like, i very yeah. much yeah. get this feel of
2: reverence
1: and respect it's it's like the, it's the name that you
2: earn right yeah where it's like it, it's when you're speaking with res- like a of high esteem like it's that you know it's you know that it's not like a guster is just like a throwaway word, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I don't like that colloquialism for what this was in my life. Yeah like if you loved a Kylene and like you started a family and this person then flew away when you stopped, or like, you know, or was your best friend on the crew when they left. You wouldn't be like that was a guster. You're like, no, this Kyleen
1: made an impact on my life, yeah. and it was such. It meant so much to me. And 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 the 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 picture that I get, like the the the, I, the 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 line I said is a throwaway line, but like, if a Kyleen saves your life, right? Like, if you're a skyjack and you're in like a dangerous like job, and like it is a life or death circumstance, and like this person saved your life, and then you watched them. Float away on a breeze, like you watched them like walk off of your ship while it was in midair and like float away. You're gonna be like, that was a Kyleen who saved my life. like that person yeah. like i I will hold that person in my heart forever, yeah, yeah,
0: i I truly, truly
1: I'm about love it. that hey, folks, I think we kind of
0: hit it on the thirty minute mark, which makes <laughs> me feel like uh, when I originally saw this prompt, I was like, oh, This is going to go in two ways because, you know, you do have this sort of like positive and romantic view of of the Selkie myth that that, that you get from that story. But when you talk about a creature from the sea, there's a bunch of different Mm -hmm. baggage that surrounds it, especially in the Skyjax universe, because everything in the sea is just evil and out to get Mm -hmm. you. What if we've got the kyleen, and it's its own beautiful thing it is a folktale it is a it is a supernatural being like we kind of have an idea of what it is uh, what if there's still the selkie version in that there are sea lions who can take off their skin and walk around in human form and they're scary monsters and they're from See, the sea the fucking, and they can the walk sauce. on land and get you
2: See, that is so much my shit.
1: I I, I love it. I love it specifically like if it is really specifically like uh, an apex, if it is the apex predator of apex predators where it like it is like it like you like you are chased on the water by a sea lion and it's coming behind you and it's going to it's going to crush you with its giant fangs. And then you get on the land and suddenly you look over your shoulder and there's like (laughs) there's like a dude running at you with a tusk like not Uh done.
2: <laughs> this gives me very strong uh horror movie vibes mm-hmm. where it's very like you you can't trust anyone yeah. in this case. Where if you're if you're like, on a it, coastal it, it, town, it gives you that yeah. Yes. Who the fuck might be an agent of the sea Is it a separate and it's okay, James? This is a question for you. Mm -hmm. Everything in the Mm -hmm. sea is evil because it is influenced by the mariner,
0: or are they all agents of the mariner? So so the Mariner is a kind of complicated figure. Um, 200 years ago, when the stars fell, there was this period where the waters were rising. There were all these crazy storms and whatnot, and they would go out on the water, and there were just sea monsters there. And for a while, that was the big threat, but sailors eventually figured out if you, first of all, like... Uh, most of the time, if you sail within like eyesight of land, uh, there are generally no monsters. It's OK. It's really bad in open waters, though. And the only way to get through open waters is uh, doing rituals, making sacrifices to the sea. And over a couple decades of sailors adopting that, slowly they kind of fell under this bizarre influence and it it came about that like, you know, you'd go on land and like there'd be some sailor going berserk or whatever. They're, they're full of like this sea rage. You know, mm-hmm. their minds are still out with the sea and they're on land causing trouble. It was this huge problem. It turned out that like that was all kind of the Mariner's influence and the Mariner can cast magic through water and influence things in the water, maybe command monsters of the water, but those aren't necessarily related to him. It's just they could Okay. In
2: this case, my question is like, why are they doing bad shit? You know? Like that's that's my like why would a Selkie kill me just because it's bad? And like you know what I mean? That was my
1: kind of question about like is the mariner driving them Mm. to violence? Aaron, you had said the words horror movie and like what I'm thinking of the, the thing about a horror movie, especially like modern American, like horror movies in the, in the, in the American, like modern cinema tradition, right? Like going back to like the seventies, they are often cautionary tales. They are, they evolved from the urban Mm -hmm. legend, which was the cautionary tale. So there's always someone who like wrongs the, the, the supernatural presence and, and the, what I want to propose is like the Selkie coming after you is like here's. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying all this out loud. What I am The first thing I wanted to throw out was like, that this is, this is a horror movie villain that like is going after you. Cause you done fucked up. But the thing mm-hmm. that I want to specifically throw out is like, is this is a, this is a, this is a being that goes after you because you specifically did something horrendous on the water. And no one else Ooh. saw it. Like it is, it is oh. for the person that committed an unforgivable crime on the water. And like it is the idea that like you may have done it where no one will ever see you, but oh. there is but a creature, oh. a selkie, a sea lion might it just follow you. you, Jeff. And it's
2: that it's that it
1: got it. Oh. Jeff, what oh. I think you're serving up to me right now is delicious
0: chocolate. I've got some peanut butter that I'd like to. Hit I'd love you to. With. I'd love to. I'd love to try that peanut butter. <laughs> Because one of the things that I was thinking about uh, the Selkie, an important part of its construction as a creature is that it removes its skin. And then when it puts its skin back on it, you know, it becomes a sea lion again. So we've got this skin. And part of me was thinking like, well, there could be like the horror movie concept of like the horror concept of transformation. What if these things emerge from the sea, wrap you in the skin and turn you into a sea lion? We can take your like justice revenge thing though. We can hook that up into it Mm -hmm. and be like, you belong in the sea. That's what the Selkie is doing. Mm. It stalks Mm, you and it's like, no, no, no. I've witnessed your sins and you belong in the brine Mm -hmm. like me you're
1: bad like me i and so the uh, the thing that i'm i want i want i want to narrow it a little bit i want to narrow it a little bit because there's a there's a there's an added element that i think is extremely cool if it's the wrapping in the coat that turns you into a sea lion that flops into the water and but but the selkie is going to remove a coat to be a person Mm -hmm. what i want to throw out is that the selkie is specifically a supernatural like ghost figure that haunts skyjacks sailors people on the water that kill innocent people like it is a, it is it is you have murdered someone on the water yeah. where no one else no one will see it the sea lion follows you when the sea lion comes and takes off the coat it is the person that you killed
0: is the oh, yes that has
1: hunted you and like yes! you are, con- you are literally confronted by the murder that you have committed, that has that wraps you in this coat, turns you into a sea lion, drags you into the sea, and then they and then they just lay to rest. They just walk into the water. They have received their justice. Like it is, it is their last okay. act to 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 punish you for having killed them.
2: May I? Mm-hmm. Because uh, this is very sexy because there is. Because if that cycle is what you're implying, that I do something bad, you know, I'm – so I kill somebody on the sea, right? Mm -hmm. I'm confronted by them. But what I've really loved is that you said, like, urban legends are cautionary tales. This implies that, like, the the sea lion, the initial first – the selkie creature – watched you do something bad. You might not have known that someone did saw your deed. And it kind of encapsulates the guilt of feeling always looking over your shoulder. Mm -hmm. This, I think, is, that's the point of this urban legend. It's Mm -hmm. very much encaptures that feeling of, you did something wrong. You fucking killed someone. You think no one saw it? You're going to be looking over your shoulder the rest of your life. And when you come face to face with that, you trade places. You become what that was. And it's just this wonderful cautionary tale of like, what you think you do when the lights are off or when no one's watching oh you will come to p- you will come to pay mm-hmm. the sea lion always gets its payment <laughs> and i really just like when you tie up an urban legend with a bow of like you know it makes me just think of this uh this fear not only of just like you know that the mariner has like you know beings that will just fuck you up but also this idea of almost karma like almost mm-hmm. this like cyclical nature of your actions when on mm-hmm. the sea will also come to haunt you it's it's not just you don't just blame the mariner always for making you a violent asshole sometimes it's you and then you become a mariner asshole
1: sometimes <laughs> like and I, I i like the idea that it's just that the, yeah the, the urban legend version of it is literally like you're never gonna fully get away and no. you know i I will leave it I will leave it up to James as showrunner of Skyjacks as to whether there's literally a sea lion that hunts you down and wraps you in a coat and drags you into the water. <laughs> but like yeah. I love the I love that pitch of like you of like, you know what you did. Somebody yeah. saw you, you know, the yeah. the water and the waves and the 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 fish and the sea lions in the water saw what you did. And I, I, I adore that. I like
0: that that adds some of the dread to the uh, of the sea being like dread that it is the wrath that is judging you for your own personal actions because like you know the mariner Mm -hmm. represents this existential threat from the sea that is like an aggressive threat that you really you know you just live in your life on a coastal town and the mariner can roll through and like send out this horrible horde of drowned sailors to you know mess everybody up but like the fact that, like, it's not even just dreading the sea because there are monsters in it, not even dreading the sea because the Mariners there, dreading the sea because, like, in some way it represents your own, like, sins and hubris and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That is that yeah. is choice. Yeah, I think no matter what, whether there's a being or not, and I'm sort of leaning in the direction that there's a being, but this is definitely a thing that <laughs> yeah. some people believe for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Because it it, it has this really nice, like, almost
2: you did something so bad that you're not the person you you were when you left. And then you come back and it's like, are you just a a person? Are you a, are you a Selkie in a skin? Like, you know what I mean? Or like, is the person you're talking to at a bar having a drink? Are they a selkie in a skin or did they do something horrible and you just get that feeling from them? It gives like this horror movie suspicion sense of uh, fear of the things that people do on the ocean. And like, you know, the horror that can th- this general dread that you describe from the sea, it can both be a fear of actually someone in a a, a, a beast of murder in a skin suit or it's just some asshole that murdered someone at sea and, you know, the someone is, you know, and something is coming to karmically get them.
1: And I I, I have another I, I adore that. I'm like, I'm so here for it. And I have another thing to float Ooh. in this in the vein of like supernatural things. And this this like I think this is a great like uh, this is a great element for the, the legend of it. Right. Like. But I think like in the vein of legends of like supernatural things, having like a moral weakness, right? Like having a moralizing weakness. The thing that is like the Selkie's weakness, because it is it's going to get you like when you're alone. Right. Like and so it is it is very much like it is very much the scourge of the of the coastal town, because it's like you went out on the water alone and did something awful. If you had had people there if you had had a family, like a family in the found sense or the literal sense, if you had had a community, if you Mm had had relationships, if you had had people there to, to talk you out of it, like if you had had a conscience that also raises the idea of like, if there's like a crew of people that all did something awful, they might all be hunted by this thing. And -hmm. that is also cool. But there's this idea of like, if you, if you were not, if you were part of something larger and like, were part like had 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 brought together people who had your best interests at heart then like then the selk then somebody would have somebody would have seen you and somebody would have stopped you
0: i yeah
2: dig yep. this it, it it harkens this really good like uh personal accountability for your actions mm-hmm. around and on the sea Yeah. and you can't just go like who's the fucking mariner i was all pissed of course i did bad shit it's like no you also have to have accountability for your actions and your friends
0: actions yeah yeah that's uh I I love so much about this. Uh, there's also a part of me that's moved ahead several films in in like this horror series to the Freddy versus Jason where you've got the Kylie and the <laughs> Selkie both like involved with the same person. It's it's a Batman oh. breathing the Bold chill of the night style story where the 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 selkie is very sure that like you've committed an irredeemable sin and must be committed to the sea. And the Kyleans like, no. All they needed was like a one good person in their life to turn everything around. Man, man, oh man! I am so into this. This is these are both extremely good. And I, for them. I'm very happy that that uh, I got to share both of these uh, with 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 you two. Uh, I feel like I feel like this. Oh no, wait, wait. I was starting to conclude things. There's oh. one more important mission that we have. And it's a mission that Yasmin yes. gave us. Yeah. We got to, Yes. We gotta we gotta put that. We gotta name, name something. We gotta name something.
1: So I've got something for this. Okay. Okay. I I would just I I've got just an activity for us to like kind of build something that is that is named that is named uh Yasmin. Be careful, motherfucker, because these fans of, of James is fucking passionate. <laughs> so, well, what I was going to propose is is what I was going to propose is I've got Session Zero here, which is a card-based mm-hmm. game of building characters by by Megan Cross. I would love to propose that we pull some cards. All of these cards have like character building, backstory building questions about like okay. events in the backstory of a, of a character of an adventure. I would like to propose that we pull some cards and tell the story of a kyleen named Yasmin that Ooh. like, is this the, like, these are, these are stories that people have shared of things they've learned about this, this, uh this Guster, this kyleen across their many journeys. I'm about it. I'm with it. I, let's, I love it. Uh, I mean, let's do this. this. This is true MFC bullshit, and I'm here for it. I'm all about it. All right, let me pull the first card. James or Aaron, would you like to answer the first question? James, you go first. Okay, thank you. All yeah. right, so we're gonna we're gonna go fast and loose with these prompts because uh, these are mm-hmm. like very specific questions. Because and I think I want to kind of spin them into like things people have learned about Yasmin and kind of the questions, the the stories that come with the 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 answers to these questions, right? answer the question and then talk a little bit about like how this per how someone came to learn this about Yasmin. does that make sense let yeah mm-hmm. let me uh let me roll for
2: Yasmin's pronouns let's quick. do it i'm gonna roll a d6 uh one to two he him three to four
1: she her and five six they them i got a three on my bear okay, dice so, so she her. all right so james yes if Yasmin could change one thing about herself what would it be and why and how would this change or affect her life And how did someone learn this about her? You know,
0: I I think I'm going to go very classic Kylie thing here. I think Yasmin, if she could stop hurting people by leaving their lives, she would. But that's just not the nature of what she is. So no no Mm. matter how much she loves someone, no matter how much she likes being around people, at some point, she's got to move
1: on. That's just the way it is. And yeah, so fish got to swim, birds got to fly. I, I I've got so what what that tells me is that, that that Yasmin is a a Kyrene that like spends a like doesn't doesn't do the thing that I think maybe some Kyrenes do where they'll jump on a ship for a week, go to an island and then be like, all right, later. Like a Yasmin <laughs> is somebody that like will tr- that like if she's jumping on a ship she's here for like, you're, you're going from like coast, you're going from coast to coast. She's going to be on your ship for months or years, or she's going to be around you for so long. Like she's going to be here for as long as she can physically, like emotionally be before she has to depart. I think, yeah,
0: whatever her her cycle is, is a longer term cycle. And maybe, maybe she does try and fight it for people, but like always, you know, that eventually you have to go. And, you know, I think people just learned this, Because, because inverse Crane Wife style, somebody saw her trying to fight her nature, like, Mm -hmm. as a Eileen, like, just saw Yasmin like, wasting away trying to move against nature and was like, no, I, I understand, but I'm going to be sad. And that's okay, because that's part of life. You have to go, because otherwise you're going to stay here and you're going to die and I'm going to lose you either way. So. Mm, I adore that.
2: I like you use a term like cycle and cyclical, and this idea. The reverse crane wife is very appealing to me because it makes me think that every every kailene, there's a moment when you know you have to go. It's almost mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. birds know that they have to migrate, where like you feel a gale like roll over you, and you feel a chill, or you feel like a certain frequency in the air. And to deny that pull is detrimental to your physical form, and that is. Sexy. That's good. Mm I love it. I like that. I'm here for it. All right,
1: Aaron, your question. Hit me. What is Yasmin's happiest memory, and what about it makes it stay with her throughout the years? Yasmin's happiest memory
2: was the second crew she went on, because the first one was you know, just this, you know, when you're at like your first summer camp, or your first job, it's all just overwhelming. And it's all like, it's all very exciting. But the second job you have, you know, a little more, your teeth mm-hmm. have been cut. And she really got to really attach herself and learn. I think she sat down for the second one and listened more and met more people on the crew and listened to the stories and absorbed more and really built strong bonds. Because I think, you said that she tries to ride the the ship or do the journey for as long as she possibly mm-hmm. can. I think that was the first time that she ever pushed her boundaries. So it was one where, you know, she learned a lot about herself as well in terms of like the literal, she learned about physical limitations. And, mm. you know, unfortunately, the bonds that shatter when you hit your physical limit, how you have to pull off that Band-Aid and catch the wind and, fa- you know, and, and fly away. It was just like the the first experience with that is something that I think lingers with Yasmin for a very long time. Like the first time you learn about your who you are and like your nature and what kind of person you like to be when you're on the crew and
1: making friends and making loves and things like that. I, I yeah, I think that was her happiest time. What I get from that, the picture that I'm seeing there is like there's probably that means there's probably like a crew right there's like a crew of skyjacks that like people will share stories of the kyleen people will share stories of yasmine there's this one crew that's like no 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 you're wrong like this is this is her real story because she was with us for like a very long time and like Mm -hmm. they they you know she got to know them they got to know her and there's like this one crew out there that's like that like, if you mention the name Yasmin and 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 get a detail even slightly wrong, like they know they're like, no, 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 no. See, here's you. She might have told you that, but she was probably playing a prank on you. I love that. That's good. So, uh, the card that I've drawn is uh, not all beliefs last forever. What do you no longer believe in? She no longer believes in the thrill. I think like when she was when she was a young Kailene you know, she journeyed, she, she, after, you know, maybe, maybe it's like, it's not her second crew. Maybe it's like her third or fourth or, you know, these, these, these these young crew, maybe it's, and maybe it's also her first crew. Like she was like a, a, a bit of a thrill seeker. Right. Mm. And I think like she, she was somebody who was like, I'm going to see the edges of the world and I'm going to, I'm going to travel as far as I can travel and I'm going to do as much as I can do. And it probably, and like, I, I, I don't know if it's either that she just has been traveling for so long that she no longer, Like feels the pull to like do exciting things and go and find, you know, giant sea squids and things like that. Or if something horrible happened where like she's like it's there's there's costs to it. Right. Like and maybe Mm -hmm. it's both. It could be both. But yeah. like she was someone who, when she was young, was a thrill seeker and an adventurer in the way that we kind of use adventurer in AMFC is kind of an eye rolly kind of way. She was like an adventurer, right? Like she was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go conquer the world. And now she's she's a little older and a little wiser. And she's someone that goes like, no, if you're going on a journey, if you're going on a job, if you're going out, if you're if you're sailing, that is something serious. And it should be treated with respect and reverence. She is careful.
2: She checks the knot yeah. ten times. You yeah. know, she checks her knots more than anyone else on the crew. Goes through everything meticulously. Like this is a, what you're describing is like a seasoned skyfarer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mm-hmm. like that. That it's like it's not about the thrill and the experience. It's about like th- this is life or death stuff, and like you have to take it seriously. You know, this is someone who's seen shit. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And. And maybe that's, and maybe that's the, 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 the legend of Yasmin, right? Like maybe that is the, the story that you hear in the bar, right? Like if we're, if we're picturing, if we're picturing this as like a, you know, a coastal town, like a tiny little like seaside bar, people are swapping stories and somebody's like telling this story and the story they tell is of this, this, this sailor, right? They tell the story of Yasmin, and damn it. She was the, she was the most like competent. She was. Like we, we were, we were young and reckless, right? Like this was our, we were, we were young and reckless. We had, we needed to unwind. Yeah. We were
2: young and reckless.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess, you know,
2: Yasmin
1: Yasmin learned that nothing can last forever, forever. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) like we were, we were young. We were carefree. We were, we were out on the clouds and had one crew member that we didn't quite remember picking up at port, not been there to be like. If you don't, if you don't look, like, if you don't look behind you, there's a storm coming that's gonna tear your ship to shreds. And we changed course and we watched, we watched the storm cloud like sail over that lightning bolts were shooting down that would have like would have ripped our ship in three pieces in a heartbeat. And when we got back to port, like there was no crew member there. She was she's someone that like the story of her is is kind of the story you tell about Yasmeen specifically is the story of like that one person that pointed out to you, the thing that you were just too young and too naive to really like think of. And it's kind of, she kind of embodies that sense of the, the, Oh yeah. Moment that is like crucial to growing up in a certain manner of speaking. Love it. That's good.
0: That's good. Dang. And, I, I, and think that's I think that's a
1: wrap. I think that's a wrap.
0: Um, we did yeah. it. We crushed it. For sure. Uh, Heroes, if if you enjoyed this discussion, if you enjoyed uh, what we did here on All My Fantasy Skyjacks, know that this does not have to be the end of this style of, of experience because you can always pop over to the All My Fantasy Children feed and get over 100 episodes of brilliant ideas just like this uh, in a a, a different world, the the beautiful world of fantasy. And again, I recommend the best listening order is Machete Order, which is starting with the (laughs) fifth anniversary uh, special and then listening to all the newest episodes, but slowly moving backward from there, then changing phones, Mm -hmm. losing your place in where you were moving backwards (laughs) and on your new phone, moving Forwards from the start to where you left off. That's machete order. It's a great way to enjoy it. Or don't do that. Just hop in on any of the guest episodes because they're good entry points for the series. It's very true. Um, if you like what we did,
2: like this is literally the format of our entire podcast, mm-hmm. except building a high fantasy world, like in its mythology and legends. With one character mythology or world detail or location at a time. That's literally the whole show. So if you're down with this, pop on over. And something
1: that we didn't get to here that I'm a little disappointed. Maybe we'll get to uh, on our next All My Fantasy Skyjacks episode. I feel like we did not get, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't introduce a real magical soda into the no, in, oh, into yeah, all my fantasy oh, into the next no, world, but we'll, well get we'll there see. one day.
0: We'll see what the next the, the next prompt does for us. <laughs> Thank you very much. The
2: ocean of spheres is carbonated.
0: <laughs> and uh, re- remember heroes, there are no kings. Take flight. Design Docs started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process, One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.